I'd like to extend a Christian greeting to each one tonight. It's a blessing to be here in your midst and an honor. It's good to be here. Thank you, Brother Leroy, for those opening thoughts. Understand this is a spring conference, and uh, it's especially to the young people. And uh, when Daniel told me about some of the topics that uh, he had in mind, didn't go completely by his list, but uh, we're going to address some of those things at least. And uh, you know, there's there's something about a youth conference, spring conference, that I have always enjoyed young people. You're uh, close to my heart. The reason for that, I, I suppose, is it's kind of hard to put in words sometimes. But you know, there's a, a tremendous blessing that we can we can uh, have something in our hearts and in our hands that we can offer to anyone who has a thirsty heart and it can be a blessing to them. <clears throat> I bring greetings to you from the Some of You congregation as I looked across the congregation here tonight. There's some faces, old time faces that are very familiar. And there's some that I don't, some of you I don't know at all. Some of you I know a little bit. And I'm uh, looking forward to getting to know you a little better over the next few days. Trust we can have a, a good time around God's Word. You pray. Certainly. The Lord has the answers to our struggles and problems, doesn't He? Every time. And uh, somehow, if we're willing to humble our hearts, he can make a way and a plan, plan for us. <clears throat> I'd like to open with a, with a few verses from Jeremiah chapter 29. And you can just listen in here, okay? These are God's thoughts toward us, toward the people who love him. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. <clears throat> Another version has it to give you a future and a hope. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place where whence I caused you to be carried away captive. This was a, a promise, uh, a promise from God to Israel. And it's a promise with some spiritual parallels for today. God is promising us a, a future with hope. As we turn to him and allow him to speak to us and... and uh, commit ourselves to doing what he wants us to do and that's that's a challenge sometimes isn't it we struggle with finding and knowing and doing God's will at times and yet I believe that's our desire <clears throat> tonight I've got a message for uh, for all of us, but it's especially the young people. And I know I'm a new man, new man in the block here. 
And so this, this may be something I'll get myself in trouble for, I don't know. But I would really appreciate the young people be sitting up front here. I'd like to invite you folks in the back to just come right on up. I have a picture here I'd like to show you. And uh, so please come on up. I'd like to do a little interaction with you in this picture. And uh, it's going to be tough to do it from the back. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. There's something about that back seat. It's, I know. The, the uh, purpose of the message tonight is to help us, and I should have said this before, I'm sorry, move in toward the middle because you might not be able to see it, okay? <laughs> I'm really kind of getting over the line here, aren't I? <laughs> Thank you very much. Tonight, I'd like to talk about integrity in our choices. This is a, I have preached this message a number and it's one of my favorite messages, all right? So when I get to a place where I can talk to young people, they are right in the middle of making all kinds of choices. Uh, this is one that usually comes along. And so I'd like to challenge you with it tonight. And there's a story behind the, the picture I'd like to show you in just a bit. But the message purpose is to impress upon us the seriousness of the choices we make in life. They are very, very serious. Um, because the choices that we make actually make us what we are. Did you know that? Now this, this I, know, I know as young people, sometimes we, and I was there at one point as well, sometimes we We think, oh well, what does it matter? What is this, this, this little choice here really doesn't make a big deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, if I make this one uh, this way or that way or the other way, uh, it really won't matter in the end. Um, sometimes we say, well, you know what? I know dad would like it this way. Um, I'm not sure what the big deal is. Uh, I'm gonna do it this way. It's really not all that much difference. And so we kind of minimize some of the choices we make, the seriousness of them. But let me remind you of just a few things about choices. Most of us go wrong not by big, major decisions that we make wrong. Most of us don't decide to, to uh, overnight um, head out and leave home. We don't decide that. It's not the way it works. Most of us don't cho choose overnight to uh, get married to a divorced woman. It doesn't work that way. Um, we don't mess up in big choices most times. But it's those little ones that, that, that spoil the integrity of our hearts and our consciences that if they're not taken care of, we don't, we don't um, rectify, make the course right, we, we lose it by degrees. One little choice, after another little choice, and after a while we're on a, on a path we never intended to take. It's those little ones that get us. Remember that simple choices <clears throat> build a monument that becomes our past 
and directs our future. The little choices we make build a monument that becomes our past. And that past directs our future. Anyways, a man makes his choices and those cho choices will make that man. He will make them, but they will make him as well. And so you can make those choices, but remember that as you make choices, you are making yourself. You are becoming who you are by the choices that you make. And also remember that the heart will eventually believe what the hands do. I want you to think that one through. The heart eventually believes what the hands do. You know, and I really don't know where you are, so I, I, I'm not picking on anyone, okay? I, I'm, just, I'm just sharing tonight. Um, let's just take something so, so elementary as close, all right? <clears throat> our clothing choices not only reflect our hearts, but they also influence our hearts. Okay? Think about that. They reflect what's in our heart, but they also influence us. Every time, you know, there's, there's something about dressing on the edge. Okay? You know what that is. I, I don't know what you're, I don't know where you're at on all this, but uh, I remember when I, when I was a young person, there was things that, there were, there were dress, um, there were pieces of dress, clothing styles that were, I knew we were on the edge, and everyone else did too. And so there was something exciting about getting to the edge just a bit. You know, a little bit of freedom from all the perceived rules and, and um, cultural, cultural things that we don't like sometimes. You get over to the edge here a little bit, and you wear that piece of clothing. It gives you a little bit of freedom from all that, you know? When you make that choice, when I make that choice, I'm actually building a monument. And it's making me who I am, and it's also directing my future. Because uh, as I, as I, oh, what was it when I was a young person? I kind of kind of forget what those things were. I different kinds of coats, I suppose. And uh, I figure there was uh, different styles of sweaters. I can't quite uh, describe them to you right now, and they probably wouldn't make sense to you anyway, because things have changed. But when you do that, there, there, there's something about your, the way you're built and your conscience that tells you that, okay, this is okay, but when I get over here a little bit, it's, it's a little bit of a thrill here, okay? It's a little different about that. And so I start, I start feeling that. But you know, after a while, that piece of clothing, if I don't rectify my course and start living... Uh, in light of my conscience, I actually start shaping my life so that that doesn't bother me anymore. And then I'm going to need something a little farther on, a little farther out yet, to do the same thing, to get the same feel again. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense to you? Now, I'm talking about choices and choices that are going to shape you. <clears throat> Every time that we choose to dress on the edge, perhaps it's in a bit of immodesty or after the latest fad we're influencing our hearts so with time those lines will move those lines will move and to get the feeling of freedom again 
we need to move over a little farther. Only this time, the line of conviction has moved. What once felt edgy doesn't feel so edgy anymore. You're getting accustomed to it. Our decisions have influenced our hearts. And with time, we come to accept um, more and more ungodly dress patterns, fads and fashions of the world. And we also come to accept the values associated with those dress patterns. That's just the way it works. <clears throat> That's a little bit of an introduction. Maybe you're tired of it already. I hope not. My, I, I start with this to share this. I believe that there is a crying need for young people who are willing to stand up and do what's right today. And when I see the, the energy and the passion of young people awakened to the call of God, it's a tremendous blessing, not only to my heart, it's a blessing to the church, and you receive a blessing that you won't, re you won't receive any other way. And so I'd just like to encourage you, we need young men and women. And Proverbs talks about the fact that, actually raises two questions, is who can find a virtuous woman? And it's, we often use that in the context of marriage. But you know, we need virtuous women whether they're getting married or not. And I just really like to encourage you to be that kind of person, that kind of young lady. There's another verse that's kind of slipped my mind right now. A godly, it's not virtuous young man, who can find? Can someone help me there? Maybe it'll come, pardon? A faithful man who can find something like that. Maybe it'll come back here yet soon. My encouragement tonight. If we're going to experience what God wants us to experience as young people, then we have to, we must, be committed to seeking God with all our hearts. We must be committed to His Word. And we're willing to, to look into His Word. And as we study His Word, and the Holy Spirit in our studies of God's Word reveals the things that he wants us to do, things, and he, he convicts us of areas we should be changing, I'm willing to say, Lord, you show me, I'm willing to do it. That's what we're going to need, the kind of commitment you're going to need as a young person to get you through your youth years. And I, I can't make this serious enough. We play around with this too much. We think we can do our own thing, and it'll come right in the end. Believe me, it doesn't come right in the end. There are choices that we need to make if we're going to, if we want that expected end the Lord is, going to, is talking about here. So let's make our decisions informed by a love for Christ and His Word, tempered by the lessons of history. You young folks are not stupid. You don't have to look around far to see folks who have made wrong decisions and where it has led them to. Now, I'm just encouraging you to open your eyes. We don't look around with a critical spirit, but there's nothing wrong with learning lessons from history, from things that happened in the past. Is the end that you see and the choices after the choice that be made, is that the end you want? And if it is, fine. If it's not, then you better rethink your, your, your ways if you're making the same choices. There's a few verses I'd like for you to share, uh, share with you. 
And I'd like to invite you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. And he's talking about the law. And I'm going to start reading verse 11. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. <clears throat> For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy, in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away, and worship other gods, and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish. Ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord Swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. And I'll stop reading there. In Joshua 24, verse 15, Joshua is throwing the same challenge uh, before the children of Israel. He was um, Israel's next leader there in the wilderness, just uh, before they entered the land of Canaan. And there he says, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served up in the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so God has been placing that choice of life and death. And uh, that seems like a big choice. Most of us, had we, to, had we the stark choice of life or death, would have no problem making the choice, making the right choice. But as I mentioned earlier, making the right choice or the wrong choice usually isn't the big, big one. It's a series of little ones that either keeps us on course or takes us off. Could you help me put this thing up?
A painting has a has a title. Would someone like to venture a, a guess as to what the title of the painting might be? Have you ever saw the saw the picture before? Okay. Maybe young people would like to guess what, what we could maybe name this. What title would you give that picture? Think about it just a little bit. There's actually a, a well, maybe I'll go there a little later. This picture is depicting the choices that we face in life. <clears throat> I'm going to help you with the title because we have to keep moving here. The title of the picture is The Game of Life. Now there's a, uh, this, this picture I came across in my, in my, there's a picture in a book that my parents had at home when I was just uh, a young fellow, even younger than you folks here in the front benches. And uh, this picture always impressed me. How many of you fellows like playing chess? A few of you. Now, I don't, I'm not much of a chess player, but I suppose if, if you could look at that picture, um, you might be able to figure out what's going on there. I don't know. Understand chess is a, is a series of moves. Of course, it's that way with checkers as well, but this is maybe a little more complex than checkers. And choices are important. Moves are important. I'd like to tell you the story behind the picture. I had this, uh, this picture in my files. <clears throat> and we went to Kenya. Uh, of some of my files went along, and, and this picture was, went, went along. We had a single mother and her three children, who, and she was a member of the church there in, in uh, Mikuru. She uh, invited us over, and we were in and out there from time to time. And as I was visiting there, I noticed, and this was a very, very poor home, I noticed that there was some really neat drawings and paintings kind of hung around the place, you know, and on the furniture, on the beds, and someone was busy, and someone who had, had some talent. And so I asked uh, uh, Margie, her name was Margie Slesser, Margie, who's drawing all the pictures around here? And she says, oh, that's Griff. Her son, her son Griff was about um, 19, I think, at that point. And uh, he was an artist, obviously. So I said, so he does a lot of painting, a lot of drawing. Oh, yes, he likes doing that. He does it at school, and they get to draw pictures at school, and, and that kind of thing. And, and uh, I thought, oh, my, that's, that's interesting. I kind of tucked away in the back of my mind, and later I thought about this picture and Griff. And uh, one day I asked him, would you draw a picture for me? Would you paint a, a picture for me? I, I, uh, I like the picture, and somehow it wasn't big enough to show at something like this tonight. And he said, yes, I, of course, they're, they're very willing to do that kind of thing. You know, they're, they're looking for jobs, and looking for work. And, and uh, so I said, here's what I'd like. I showed him the picture. He said, do you think you can do that? And he said, I think I can do it. So I got in the materials and 
about three weeks later, he brought me the, the picture. He brought me this, this piece here. And, and uh, I was very pleased. I paid him. And I told him, Griff, uh, here's, here's what's happening with the picture. I said, next Sunday, I'm going to preach a message on choices at church. And I like, I'm going to use your picture, and I'd like for you to be there. Uh, Griff was not a Christian at this point. Next Sunday came, and uh, I used the picture, preached the message. Griff was not there. And I was, I was surprised about that, because I, I thought he would be. I was pretty sure he was going to be. I met his mother afterwards, and I said, uh, where, where was Griff today? I missed him. I was hoping to be here for, for this message. And she says, oh. And she cried. She said, uh, Griff is in jail. Griff is in jail. I said, oh, what happened? Well, she said, it's a bit of a long story. Griff decided to get married. And in Kenya, getting married just means moving in with someone you choose. Um, Griff made the unfortunate mistake of inviting a young lady to his house who was only 17. She was a minor. And uh, not only that, she was from another tribe. And uh, although just getting together and living together is something that's very acceptable in Kenyan culture. Uh, it is against the law to corrupt a minor. And uh, when this young lady's mother found out that this young fellow from another tribe had taken her daughter and took, him to, took her to his house, and there they are, she was very, very angry about it because she didn't like Griff. He was from another tribe. She wanted his da her daughter to have someone from their tribe. And so she reported it. And the police came and picked him up. And he was in jail for corruption of minors, of a minor. And I thought, you know, how ironic. Griff just got done, and I had explained to him a bit what the picture is all about. Griff just got done, makes some terrible choices that just totally messed his life up. Totally messed his life. He was in jail for I'm not sure how long. Then got out later. Then the the mother, I think, was just trying to make a, a statement or something. She never really pressed charges then, and so eventually the charges were dropped. Choices. And I don't know what kind of choices you're on the verge of making. Can't see your hearts. You know what's in there. I know what's in mine. I know the struggles I face, you know yours. And uh, most likely some of you are facing some big ones right now because that's the way life is. I would like to, as we take a look at this picture, just like to, to help us see just a few things about choices. <clears throat> you know there's some things about, about life that sometimes don't seem fair. And sometimes those situations that uh, are none of our making 
tend to put us in a frame of mind where we make wrong choices because we think we have the right to. Because we think we were pushed into them. We had no choice. I'm in this, in this problem and so I'm going to make, make a choice because it's not my fault and I'm going to make a wrong choice because things just aren't right. <clears throat> and you know, there's something about that. After after getting burnt a number of times by people, it does something to your heart. I don't know if you can relate to that or not. I know it was, I was in, we were in Kenya for about four and a half years. And one of the reasons that we came was because, we came home was because um, I felt there was something happening to me alone. It was my fault, I think. Not sure how I could have avoided all that, but there's there's something about Kenya, and some of the situations you face, um, the things that are not as they are here. Um, and Kenya's a good place. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good people there, but it's nothing unusual for you to get to trust someone and be betrayed. It's almost a part of the equation over there. And after that happens to you for after that happens to you a number of times, you find yourself starting to draw back a little bit from people. And uh, you start getting a little cynical in your heart about people. You don't trust them anymore uh, as much as you used to. Um, you kind of try to build a little something between you and your brother so that in case you get hurt again or something happens, you don't get hurt so bad. And these are all choices. These are choices we make. I would like to tell you just a little story. Now, I, I sell cheese. My, part of my job, I sell cheese. We sell, we sell uh, how many know what Limburger cheese is? You've heard of it, some of you have eaten it, maybe, I don't know. This is avoided. It's really a smelly cheese. It was terrible. And tastes, I think, tastes worse, actually. There's a story about this. And I, I say, I tell you this story to make a point. It's a bit of a humorous story, but I, it, it makes a good point. And it describes us when we get to that point. We've been burnt a few times. We're drawing back. We've got a cynical heart. And... Uh, we're not sure what to do about it. It affects our attitude toward life and people in general. There was this man who was sleeping and his, actually he was, he was a drunkard. And he, he stumbled into a homeless shelter one night and uh, sprawled out on the floor and fell asleep. Drunken sleep. And a couple of his friends decided to play a trick on him. He got some Limburger cheese and, and kind of smeared it around here under his nose, you know. Not a lot, just a little bit. Doesn't take much, that stuff. And uh, then they, they kind of retreated to the corner to see what happened. And uh, after a while, this man started waking up. And he <clears throat> rubbed his nose and breathing his stinks in here. So he gets up, stumbles out to the door there, rubs his nose, 
It stinks out here too. He heads down the corner and he gets ready to cross the street, rubs his nose that whole world stinks. Does, doesn't it? And you know, there's there's something about that. That attitude of that cynical attitude that that takes place if we can't get beyond something that has happened that was that was bad for us. Or we came out in the wrong end of the deal, where we thought life gave us a an unfair shake, you know? There's something about all that that does something to our hearts. That we can't get to the top of it or to the bottom of it, if you will. We're going to have a problem, and we're going to, it's going to affect our attitude where it poisons the way we think and feel about everybody. We hold everyone at arm's length. We're not, we don't want to trust anybody. We're, we're scared to get close to someone because we're afraid we'll get hurt again. But you know, these are all choices that we make. And there's, there are 101 other choices that we make from time to time. i just like to run through a few of them. <clears throat> And as we make, make these little choices here, whether it's in honoring our parents, can you relate to the idea that dad asked something unreasonable of you? My dad used to do that to me sometimes too. <laughs> you know, there's some things that, ah, he was 40 years old, you know, and, and just wasn't quite with today anymore. Couldn't understand how I felt about things. Do we honor our parents? You know, there's, a, there's an honoring, there's an obeying parents, and then there's an honoring them. We can, we can obey them. When they say, I want you to do it this way, we can do that. Seething inside, maybe, not too happy about things. Or, if they ask you something, we can honor them. In our obedience. You know, it's a tremendous blessing. Not only to the parents, but to the young people as well. When they can honor mom and dad to the point there's an open relationship between the parents and their children. And when that's there, the parents are able to speak into their children's lives in a way that will, will be a tremendous blessing to those young people. Because you know, the fact of the matter is, I was, I was in your shoes not too long ago. I'm not even 50 yet, you know. So I'm not really all that much older than you are. It seems that way from your end, but it really isn't that, that much. You tell me if I'm not right in 20 years, okay? <laughs> Honoring your parents. We're gonna talk about purity tomorrow night. So I won't get into that much tonight, but that's a big one. Think about grift. And no, you're not thinking about moving in with someone, I hope. And yet there are purity issues that we make choices on, on a daily basis. And those choices are build a monument to make us who we are. And they, they shape our course for the future as well. Music choices. What kind of music are you listening? What kind of choices are you making? It makes a difference. The kind of music you, li you listen to will, will either will either help you make right choices or it can, if you listen to the wrong kind of music, it can actually help you make wrong choices or it's very, very tough to make right choices if you listen to some of those music uh, choices out there.
You know that. Reading material, what are you reading? Are they good choices, bad choices, lots of material out there? We could talk about on the level of purity, uh, that, kind of, that kind of reading material. Lots of choices out there, lots of readily available. Anymore, you can get them Kindle and iPad and all kinds of things, so you can, you can just order them right in, and they're right there at your fingertips for next to nothing. Things that you use, the books that you have to pay 10 or 15 bucks for usually, you know, it's, it's just right there. What kind of choices are you making? Who are your friends? It's important you choose, but it's important you are the right kind of friends, first of all. But it's important that you choose the right kind of friends, too. Because our friends will affect the choices that we make. <clears throat> I will remember. Well, and some of you would know these folks, I believe. But I had a young, a young man, a very good friend of mine. Well, I say very good friend. He was a, a young man that I respected. Good friend. He was my closest friend. But I remember we were on a... Uh, I was trying to see if any 